Tony Robbins talks about six different human needs. One of them is to contribute to others. If contribution is right at the top of your particular tree to serve others, it's really, really important to remember that you are also others. So we put ourselves in this bucket where it's, I'm going to serve person A, B, C, D, all the way up to Z or Z, right? (laughs) We're going to serve all these people but then we forget our own self-care. We forget our own mission. We forget to fill our cup. You know, filling our own cup isn't an act of, I guess, greed. It's an act of being able to serve even more. And and again, it's so important to, for so many reasons, to fill your own cup so that because some people learn from you by watching what you do. Some people learn by what you say. But then if what you say and what you do doesn't match, I get it. You can always follow the mouthpiece. I get it. But people watch what you do as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. Thank you so, so much for being here today. We have an incredible treat for you. Uh, if you are in the world of personal development or, or, or interested in in developing yourself personally, I have a great guest today. His name is Mo Salami, and he is an online marketing expert, an international keynote speaker, and certified life coach. And he fluently speaks many languages, including English, French, Spanish, and Brazilian Portuguese. But today, I think we're going to stick with English because unfortunately, that's the only one that I'm fluent in. But uh, Mo used to be a senior mentor for uh, the world-class peak performance guru. I don't know if you know this guy, Tony Robbins. Uh, Mo was part of his California-based team, and he generated tens of millions of dollars in sales for Tony's events worldwide. That's incredible. And uh, Mo has done over 20,000 hours of one-on-one consulting, which has included over 8,000 business owners doing $1 million in revenue or more, which has created massive value for both business and personal uh, levels for, for many, many people. And as an online marketing expert, Mo helps experts grow or scale their online businesses while creating their ideal lifestyle. His unique background with personal development at the very highest level means that he also helps you get breakthroughs during his results-driven coaching sessions. Thank you so much for being here, Mo. Uh, I'm really, really excited to talk to you today. Adam, I'm so blessed to be on your podcast today. Thanks for the invitation, and uh, let's uh, let's let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I I, I love hearing. I mean, you, you've got a you've got a an impressive background as far as what you've not just the people that you've worked with, but the results that you've generated. And I know that that doesn't come just from, you know, random chance or anything like that. And I love to hear people's origin stories where they, you know, where they came from, how they, how they got to where they're at. Could you give us a glimpse into, into Mo? How, how, where did you come from and and what's your origin story? Adam, it started with a sign. As these things do, it started with a sign. But before I get to the sign, I'll just back up a little bit and um, just give a little bit of context. So. I'm from a family where the holy grail of success is education and specifically getting a science-based degree or or perhaps an accounting degree or one of those two is the pinnacle um, of success in my in my family. So I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the science degree, I got the I got my first degree age 20. Um, in fact, I have three separate degrees. So I'm like a super, super, super success, right? Right. Um, so that was the pinnacle. So did all that stuff nice and early. And what that came with was, you know, went to live in a, in a really nice neighborhood, great neighbors. Everyone's doing something great. Maybe they're a surgeon or they're working in, in finance. They're an investment banker. They, they have, you know, a really great, all of my neighbors were successful as well. Right. And. What I found, Adam, was that the six-figure income 
also came with 16 hour shifts, you know, so working 16 hours. So my weekdays and my weekends and the holidays and the bank holidays were work days. And so I would get to the end of the year. Again, remember, I'm very, very, very successful, right? Each one of those varies for, for, the, for the degrees, the college degrees. And I'd get to the end of the year, but I was so unsure because I was really successful, but I don't know if I felt successful. And my year was always this blur of just shifts and there was I had like no free time, no had wasn't really enjoying myself as it were. And which brings me nicely to this sign. So I'm in a bookstore, you know, as you are. And um specifically it was a bookstore in London, England. You probably, you know, won't be surprised by that from my accent, hopefully. And I saw this sign and it said, How to be successful. And I'd grown up in a world of chemistry, biology, physics, mathematics. And I was already successful, right? So I went to this sign and it turns out it was an ad for uh, a book by Jack Canfield. And that book was called The Success Principles. And that moment was my very, very first introduction to personal development. I, I hadn't heard of it as such because I'd just been in, in the science world. And um, I read the book and I remember right there and then in the store, I grabbed the book, read the first chapter. And the first chapter was about taking responsibility. So ultimately, Adam, you, I, mm. we're responsible for everything that comes in our direction, right? You know, we're, we're responsible for our life. So I'm reading all this brand new information, <laughs> read the book. And like a great student, I went to the back of the book and I ordered every single book in the back of the Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And that's how I found Tony Robbins. That's how I discovered T. Harvecker, another one of my mentors. And ultimately, that led me to discovering online marketing. So fast forward uh, a little bit, and I'm in an online marketing seminar. And I looked around because my my presupposition is, oh, awesome. Every one of us will be really successful. We'll just take this info, implement it. We're good to go because that's what I always had done, right? With, you know, my academia. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself the question, I wonder what it would be like if I were the best in the world at online marketing. And more to the point, what if I were the best in the world at personal development? And again, this isn't about being better than someone else. This is about being the very best I can be. So over a period of a decade, I I, I literally, I hesitated a bit because it was a huge sum, <laughs> but right. probably $500,000 worth of courses, events, trainers, mentors. My question was always, who's the best? And I would go to whoever they were. You know, so I learned digital marketing, online marketing. I can build websites. I can code, um, all aspects of personal development. And, and then I traveled everywhere, you know, literally all around the world to whoever was the best. I needed to be there because of my, my, my objective. So as does happen with these signs, you quickly come to a fork in a road. And I had this fork in a road. Like, do I, continue along this really great journey, you know, serving all these businesses, building websites, coding apps um, for all these businesses, or do I go work for Tony Robbins? And, you know, obviously over there, I had the opportunity to really serve and help a really great mission. And also I had the opportunity for um, a high ticket consultative selling over there as well as part of the role. And I'd learned sales, you know, I'd learned sales from Jay Abraham. I'd learned sales from Chet Holmes, you know, love Jay, love Chet. And, and I'd done a ton of, you know, sales training and I went down the road of working for Tony and over there, you know, awesome. I got to really watch and have an impact, have my part, my piece of impact, helping lots and lots. And I could say lots for a while, right? Of people really pushing forward, really taking that next step. And what it, what I realized was that looking back over my career, my short career at that time, what I realized, and I got the epiphany was that sometimes 
we think we're successful, but what's really happening is sex stressful. So then, you know, all of the whilst working for Tony and, you know, and the team and some amazing friends I have over there till this day and some amazing, you know, clients as well. Um, all the while, I still would keep in touch, you know, with my online marketing routes, you know, building super complicated websites in a day or half a day or doing all these other things as well. And, you know, then eventually I, I said to myself, you know, I, I really, what if I could use all these probably thousand plus um, books I've read at this point, all these courses and trainings and masterminds and mentorships and all these amazing things I've learned um, here at Team Tony as well. And what if I could take all those and help people find their fulfillment via the personal development and find their way as well with the online online marketing, like give them different options. So that's how I got uh, here um, from from that sign. I love that. And and that's just just from one sign. I love that 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 aspect of it because we walk by hundreds of signs a day. I mean, if not thousands, I mean there there are things that could be screaming at us, like what we should be doing or what our brains are telling us. What so I have a lot of questions about a lot all of that because there there's a lot of turns that you took that other people might not have taken. Um, but as far as that sign is concerned, do you think that that is is that the universe speaking to us is it is it just your your brain looking for the signals what what do you think that is that 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 triggers us to see those kinds of signs wonder if it was a combination of the two because every time we'd have that countdown 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 new years mm-hmm. i would always not know i would know what i achieved the previous year because i you know was helping people ultimately um but outside of that it was just a blur of just shifts and i was always unsure that was this really success it was that's all i knew yeah. and then in terms of the sign perhaps at some level i was looking for that because when i saw the sign everything else went black and white Everything else in in the books in the bookshop, the bookstore went black and white, and that sign was in Technicolor. I don't even remember the color of the sign, but I just remember those words: "How to be successful." And I just remember thinking, <laughs> "What could that possibly?" Honestly, I just remember thinking, "What could that possibly possibly be teaching me?" You know, what is it about how to be successful? And then. When I went across, I saw the book, A Huge Stack of the Success Principles by Jack Canfield. I still have my original copy. Um, uh, a funny side note, I have a bunch of copies now because I have them in different, in different languages as well. But like when I saw that sign, I'd sort of stepped into this world that I wasn't aware of. And that's where I guess the hunger came from to, I sat right there and I think I was, 40% into the book or something when I actually got up and actually bought it. But I sat right there in the bookstore and was reading the chapters. Then I bought the book and then I just went to the back because I didn't know this world. And I was curious to know to know that particular world. So that's, you know, so I think perhaps on some level, perhaps I was looking for the sign. Wow. Yeah, I I, I love that. And, and there's a there's an aspect of that too with regard to you know, maybe getting into the marketing discussion, um, which I want to dig more into that story too. But that that this idea of of that marketing piece that 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 attracted you, it was it was more of an attraction rather than a promotion. And I've heard that a lot. Like you know, in the rooms of recovery, from my background, was like, well, you know, we we want to we want to we want to be attractive rather than promoting what we what we represent. And in that marketing piece from, you know, what Jack Canfield had put forth on that, on that sign, you know, you, it drew you into an entirely new direction. I mean, that's a, that's the power of, of marketing. I mean, is it, is it not? I mean, is that, does that kind of resonate with what, what, or is that why you wanted to jump into that field later on? Maybe I think you're right, Adam, on, on so many points here. Um, it definitely was an attraction versus a promotion. Um, and I, I wonder if it was an identity piece as well, because if you see yourself as successful and then there's a sign literally that says how to be successful, um, and you, you wonder to yourself, 
am I on the right track here? Yeah. Um, especially if there was something telling you that perhaps there's another way, um, perhaps there's another route. See, I said route instead of route. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, is route, so is route the proper way or is that the not proper way? I'm not oh, sure. I think we put both ways. Route, okay, good. Route, tomato, tomato, we good. It's good. awesome. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, because I'm, I'm never sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not a go-to with, with regard to language, but, um, you know, when a lot of people see those, those, those signs and maybe I'm, you know, maybe this is just my perspective on it, but you know, a lot of people might just pass by those signs and say, have that brief moment of what if like, you know, wow, you know, what if I were successful? And then they would kind of get overshot by their negative beliefs of saying now, nah, but yeah, that's not you. Why don't you go back to your job? And, and they'll listen to that other voice and they'll just pass by and they'll go and they'll continue to dream and not pursue. But, you know, it, it sounds like that might be part of your DNA. And I don't want to make assumptions or anything, but, you know, getting getting the degrees, always, you know, pursuing that. Is that a DNA piece or is it is it something that um, that we just have to be more intentional about those those callings and 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 pursue them, you know, more intentionally? So I, I think for myself personally, my my desire was always to serve other people. Um, it just, it just always was. So it was a calling the, how to be successful was perhaps partly for myself, but more so how to be successful. So I can discover this. So help even more people. And you better believe it would have been easier not to see the sign that day. Right. Because right. again, I'm like probably a thousand books in, um, tons of seminars and, and, um, uh, networks and um, masterminds is the word I'm looking for in, and I'm talking highest level always. Even I learn, I know you just did um, a public uh, speaking training course as well, Adam, and congratulations. Thank you. And when I did my first one as well, I just thought who, I just thought and sought who is the best, you know, and that's how I wound up in, in Barcelona. That's how I wound up in Malaysia and, you know, just, learning from whoever's the best and the desire is not so much for myself it's that so that i can help the next the person that i'm serving jay abraham talks about the strategy of pre preeminence mm -hmm. and the strategy of preeminence says we don't have customers we have clients you know and having a having a customer is a transaction you know here's how much it is and by the way, um, which card do you have? And let's get let's get let's get it done and sent to you. Having a client says, "How can I serve you at the highest level, even if it means referring you, um, even if it means not giving you our highest ticket? Right? Let's give you what you need, and let's serve you not just for this moment. Let's serve you in a way that changes your life. Because guess what? If I can be a tiny piece of changing your life, you're changing minimum." eight people's lives, your your family at home, your your kids if you have kids. The every day when you go to, you know, metaphorically buy that newspaper, that person that is so inspired by you, but you just don't even know it. You know, so I think it was more speaking to this, like doing the best I can to be the best me so I can help you in a plural sense be the best you. And on some level that's always been I, I guess a life mission, irrespective of, and again, I'm a big fan of education, but irrespective of training courses and degrees and all that great stuff, I've always had the desire to help for sure. Yeah. So that's, and that's an incredible mission. And, and I, and I know that a lot of, you know, thinking in, in my previous life where I was experiencing a lot of fear in my life, and I don't know if this is true to you too, but where there was a lot of fear in my life it would be when I was internally focused and I would not be serving because I would be too afraid that I would not have, I, I, I just wouldn't be enough to do that or, but it was always this internal feeling, but externally focused on serving, is that an act of courage? Do you feel that's a more courageous way to live? I have a quick question. So yeah. just clarify your internal feeling and then I'll ask you a question in a sec about, about the courage for the external feeling what was your feeling you had for it internally so internally the fear was really it, it was manifesting as this fear that well if i'm if i'm focused on these things that are maybe serving others 
I won't be, I, I'll be sacrificing something else that may be dangerous to me, like my my long-term welfare, my long-term well-being. You know, for example, like if I if I thought that there was a a good way to serve, um, that I knew that my talents were beneficial elsewhere, but I might be, you know, not not showing up in the day-to-day job that I I had, for instance. Um, that that was providing my income. That's kind of where my internal feelings were at that time. I, I think um, the the fact that you had those feelings says a lot about you because when the and I'm speaking based off of you know tens of thousands of consultations about this very subject, yeah. and when you are so externally focused on serving others that can happen where you're so focused on helping um joe public or jane public or the next person that you forget that charity begins home you forget yourself and you forget the ones that you love who are who who are at home Mm -hmm. and one thing i always say is that when when you're serving others if that's your mission you know Tony Robbins talks about six different human needs. One of them is to contribute to others. If contribution is right at the top of your particular tree to serve others, it's really, really important to remember that you are also others. Mm. So we put ourselves in this bucket where it's, I'm going to serve person A, B, C, D, all the way up to Z or Z, right? (laughs) We're going to serve all these people but then we forget our own self-care. We forget our own mission. We forget to fill our cup. You know, filling our own cup isn't an act of, I guess, greed. It's an act of being able to serve even more. And and again, it's so important to, for so many reasons, to fill your own cup so that, because some people learn from you by watching what you do. Some people learn by what you say but then if what you say and what you do doesn't match, I get it. You can always follow the, 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 what, I don't know, what's the word? The, um, the mouthpiece. I get it. But people watch what you do as well. You know, so the, the fact that you even have those internal feelings like that says so much about you that to me, it sounds like your mission really is pure to serve other people. But again, it's so important to remember in that, you know, when serving others, that you are also others, the people that you have at home, they are also others as well. Um, so that's that's what I would say. Yeah, that that's that's very helpful. And 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 I know a lot of times we forget that as far as taking care of ourselves, putting our own a- oxygen mask on to steal a um, something that's fairly cliche. But uh, how how do we find that balance? I mean, that's a big question. But is is it a balance or? Is there some formula for us on on how we can take care of ourselves and be in the best service of others? How do we find that balance? So I'll just answer your previous question about courage as well. Um, mm-hmm. If the external is co- courageous, I the external, I think there are many different answers to, to whether it is an act of courage. And I think it is an act of courage because most people or pretty much everyone has the has that feeling and thought of I'm not enough. Yeah. You know, I'm not good enough. You know, imposter syndrome are the branches that extend from that initial, you know, I'm not enough, you know, platform. So it, for sure, you know, stepping out there, putting yourself out there in service of others is definitely an act of courage. And I wonder, I, I don't, don't want to sound, you know, corny or whatever, but I wonder if it's also an act of love as well. Mm. You know, literally, you know, gifting gifting to that other person um the gifts that you have um to gift to the world so i wonder if it's an act of love as well but but certainly for the fact that we pretty much everyone no matter how amazing they are and we all are amazing right has that imposter syndrome feeling i'm not enough feeling so to step beyond that to step beyond the fear to step into the flow um says a lot about about yourself if if um you're stepping into that courage for yeah. sure yeah that that's well very beautifully said and 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 so helpful that that you know love and love and courage almost go hand in hand a lot of times and 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 i love that the, that the aspect of serving is, is love we've heard that through the generations and sometimes it's hard to remember that when we're 
when we're in the midst of fear, I suppose. And, and, um, and one of the things you'd, you'd said kind of goes along with, with one of the things I think you say a lot, which is, you know, doing the best you can consistently. And so what can you kind of expand on that? What does that mean to you? And, and how, how can our audiences or how, how can the audience really use that to their advantage to, to help them to make progress? Absolutely. So just quickly, I totally forgot your last question after the coverage one. What was that? And then I'll jump into do the best you can consistently. Oh yeah, no, I was, I was just more curious about, um, uh, about how to find that balance between, you know, uh, uh, between certain, because if we have to, if we have to take care of ourselves and in order to take care of others, what is the balance there? Like what, what, uh, and, th- and that may be a bigger question that is just, you know, finding, finding that balance individually, but I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. I think it's a huge question. And I think that most people think even the idea of a balance is preposterous, right? You, you right. can't find it, but let's be, let's be idealistic for a second. So I, I, I think the way to find the balance is to split your, almost split your existence, your day to day into different parts. Mm. The part where you're focused on yourself you know, your own self-care, going to the gym as it were, your nutrition, like you have a, like a, a focus on, on yourself, even if it's a fraction of the day. Um, a part of the time where your focus is on, you know, the work that you do and the, the mission that you have, perhaps, um, the business that you have, perhaps. And then another part of the uh, day where, again, you're focused internally at home, where you're focused on your loved one and your loved ones and those who love you back. Um, and you're focused on, on the home. So it's having that balance of those three. Um, and then that becomes difficult, right? Imagine, imagine, for example, if you're working in sales and you have this amazing, uh, potential double, treble sales day, or you can spend some time you know, with your loved ones, I wonder, um, which one is the most valuable, you know, long-term, you know, so I think, um, it's just that. And then an extension to that quite huge question is, is having a really great day, you know, so I have an amazing coach and I'll send this episode to my coach as well to, to listen to. And now having a great life, I believe, and again, I get it. This is very simplistic and idealistic. Having a great life um can can come from having a great year right mm-hmm. and then if we divide that by 365 and for my overachievers out there 366 on on certain days certain years if we divide that that means having a great day and then having a great day you can start that with a platform of having a, a great morning and which comes which for when uh and then that comes into play our morning routines Mm. and then the objective of the morning routine one of the objectives of the morning routine is that when you wake up and again this is from my coach when you wake up two people wake up you wake up and your mind wakes up and then who's going to win the day you know it's it's such a beautiful battle you know so if you're in that moment we have to perform so to speak and you're worried you're you're in your fear you're like 95 percent fear you can you can see the flow you know it's just a beautiful dance between you and your mind right or if you're in those moments when you feel strong you're good you got this that's you overtaking your mind and then guess what by the end of that day your mind will win or you will win and guess what whoever wins the day you can start again the next day do your morning routine again, see who wins, boom. And then it's one of those where you can just live this beautiful existence where you've set your intention, you've done your part, you've done your morning routine, right? And then let's see what beauty that the, the, uh, the day brings. And if there are days when the mindset or the mind wins, perhaps that's a sign to work on the mindset, get a coach, grab a, grab a training, um, but again, I, I, I repeat and reiterate, if your mindset were to win the day, guess what? We go again tomorrow. And then guess what? We go again the next day. And then ultimately, it's about just really stacking you winning through winning the day, um, uh, uh, day by day. And again, I think that starts really well with the morning routine and with the um, do the best you can consistently. 
this speaks to expertise. I teach, we teach, I speak in, I say the royal we. I, I teach um, having the life and the lifestyle, the exact life and the lifestyle that you want, exactly how you, you've written it and how you want it. And part of that, you're received by the world, whether we like it or not, by the value that we put out in the world. It has such a huge impact on how we're received. And I think there's a difference between putting out value as the expert or putting out value as someone that just kind of shows up and we're good. Mm-hmm. And I don't really prescribe to this, go learn this in 10 days and you, you, you're set or, you know, how to achieve this in five days and you're set. Um, it's great, I guess, for momentum, for a momentum piece. But I think there are building blocks that get you to expertise. I literally teach that. I teach online business as an in, how to be impactful with that. And I teach personal development. I have six different pillars that gravitate you towards high performance, personal development and expertise. And, and, uh, they do the best you can consistently says maybe today you're hitting home runs. And this is, you know, I, I'm using baseball analogies. I've never seen a baseball game ever, right? Oh, really? You're hitting oh, we got to get, we got to change that for sure. We got to, we, gotta we have to here. change that when I'm over your way, we have to change <laughs> we'll that. We'll go see the Rockies so you, play. You can have and a day lose where you're hitting home runs or scoring the winning penalty, so to yeah. speak. Mm-hmm. You can have days where uh, you, you not, don't feel up to it as such. But the key is just having that consistency because it speaks to the results that you're able to get eventually if you can be, you know, consistent and persistent with that consistency. So you're, you bit by bit, um, gravitating towards doing the, well, you're doing the best you can consistently, getting the best results that you can, and ultimately being the best, um, version that you, you can be. And, and that, that comes, that's stacked from how you show up every single time. Um, you know, I, I would say. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important community and mentorship is to living a life of abundance above your fears. If you want to connect with me, hear about new offerings, episodes, and strategies to live with conviction, courage, and clarity, then sign up for my newsletter now. It's a way to stay connected to me outside of social media and bring a little empowerment to your inbox and maybe a few dad jokes here and there. Sign up now at adamcliffordhill.com. Now back to the show. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad that you you brought you brought us back to that question that I almost I almost uh, forgot to go back to because because what you just described there was so so helpful in terms of how we you know how we approach our mindset. I mean, and and I am a big big proponent. I mean, I I just I I, I almost nodded so much that my head fell off, but uh, that. I'm such a big proponent of the morning, the morning routine, the morning method, as I call it, and just I packing so much into that morning to make sure that you are taking ownership of your day because that's the best part of your day to actually to take to take charge of it. And that that like tying that into the fact that you you know how we take care of ourselves before we can take care of others is I think that should be a light bulb moment for anybody listening to this. If you want to serve others and serve yourself. Take care of your morning first. Take ownership of that morning first. Don't just jump out of bed, run downstairs, grab a granola bar, and hit the door. Take care of yourself. Get get that get that piece in for you. And um, and yeah, that's such a power. And I'd I'd love to um, dig in a little bit more to you know you mentioned you have these six pillars. Do you mind sharing a little bit about those? Sure, absolutely. So the first pillar is preparation. Mm-hmm. And again, the 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 biggest outcome is becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the expert, because it's a different um there's a different type of value that you bring to the world if you show up as the expert versus if you just show up. And one of those six pillars speaks to preparation. You know, the the more you prepare, the less you despair, I like to say. And the the less you prepare, the more you despair. You know, so um, preparation is huge because it means you're not starting at the beginning. You know, you've even, let's imagine you couldn't prepare for that day, but preparation is part of your routine, as it were. Even though you couldn't prepare today, your memory remembers the preparation from yesterday or the other day or yesteryear, you know, and that all stacks up. And 
Another one is showing up, you know, in life and in languages. If you don't truant, you will become fluent, you know. So just like showing up every single time, every single day, um, also speaks volumes as well, because a lot of the reasons people don't, you know, ultimately achieve their goals or make it to the top of, you know, Maslow's, one of the reasons, make, make it to the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is fear. You know, like really giving into fear. You know this, you know, um, 92%, you know, studies show of things that we fear never come true. However, a huge majority of what stops us Remember, it's a game. It's a dance. Whichever dance, it can be a salsa, it can be a line dance, whatever a line dance is, right? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but like, whichever type of dance it is, that that mindset versus yourself, you know, that fear, you know, it's it's it speaks to being able to live in uncomfort. Um, once you can embrace the fear, as Susan uh, Jeffers says, feel the fear and do it anyway. All of a sudden, the fear becomes smaller, and as as you would say, the flow becomes larger. Mm -hmm. You're able to really like live every every part of you on a cellular level, even because you're really living in flow, you know, yeah. as opposed to in in fear, you know. So that's what it just speaks to, just like really be, becoming becoming overcoming fear using competency. Um, and then that competency leads to your confidence. And then that confidence leads to just, just regular flow and, and flow becomes your, your brand new normal. And then when you have the next day, your mindset has no chance for that day to win that day. When you wake up, your feet hit the ground, your mindset's like, Oh my gosh, I, 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 I don't have any tools anymore that, that they're not fearful anymore. They would flow. And then that's it. I think. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the pillars that I teach, it's, there are six pillars. And like I said, it's just all about that, um, embracing the uncomfort. You know, most people, they, they stay comfortable living this life that they loathe. And very few people get uncomfortable to create the life that they love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that short term avoidance of discomfort leads to long-term discomfort and, um, and long-term pain. So it's, it's, I, I, I mean, I can't speak enough to that, 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 that fear that you're, that, that people are feeling. Um, and, and I love this message because, you know, that fear that people feel is a signal more than, um, than, than anything else. And when we can look at it, it's just like feelings are okay. It's okay to feel that discomfort, but just, you know, just pursue it anyway. That's where we grow. And, and over time, that's what leads to that competence. So I like that. That's, so that's your showing up section of showing up, you know, living, kind of embracing the discomfort a bit, and then, you know, continuing to grow. Absolutely. Just embracing that discomfort, whatever, whatever that day brings, like really embracing it, showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up. You know, a lot of people, um, I, I I almost didn't I want to say it doesn't sound very humble, but a lot of people say to me, "Wow, it's so amazing! It's a miracle um, that you speak four languages fluently." I speak English, French, Spanish, Portuguese fluently, and the truth is, it's not it's not amazing um, for a few reasons. One is that I actually speak more than four languages. That's the first thing, but. The second reason it's not that amazing is because the capacity of a human being is unlimited. It's just truly unlimited. You know, studies have shown that, you know, a human being, again, one person's language is another person's different mission, right? But the capacity of a human being, it's possible to learn 50 languages fluently, you know, and again, for myself, it's, you know, languages that, that spur me on, as it were. For someone else, it could be something else, their mission that they have, or, you know, that step that they're trying to take. And and the bigger picture is that these things aren't miracles. They're just about stepping into the fear and or stepping into the flow 
and or showing up like um like really showing up again i'll repeat in life any languages if you don't truant you will become fluent um and it's again just really about i think stepping into the fear and then here's the thing what does fear mean really you know what is the meaning that we give fear i wonder if if we didn't have fear i wonder if life would be very very boring oh yeah if you do have fear what does it mean really does it mean that you're alive does it mean that something amazing is about to happen does it mean that you're about to grow as a person does it mean that the fear that you have today when you look back will be so tiny tomorrow you know does it mean that you're stepping into flow and does it mean that once you step into flow that you'll flow and you'll flow and you'll flow and there's no turning back you know does it mean you get to really like live the the greatest version of you so that when you look back you can look back and say to yourself to your loved ones to those who love you back you can say to each other we did it or because you left behind fear and you took that decision that flow is the way yeah you know so you know so i'm so again like perhaps i wonder the meaning you give to fear and if it can be redefined into something else that every time fear comes up every time that knot comes up in the stomach every time that feeling of um not being enough or that imposter syndrome comes up there's something exciting is about to happen because you're in fear and you're about to enter through the portal to the to the good side right to to the flow i wonder if if that could serve you better than being fearful of fear yeah it's so so beautifully beautifully said and um and and i would invite uh you know the people listening to really consider that in their own lives because as you're saying that i'm thinking about my own life and my own experiences with fear and where i've experienced you know fear and gone through it anyway and and just done the thing anyway the thing that was scaring me had the crucial conversation or did the thing that was a little uncomfortable on every experience that i could think through right now i'm more fulfilled happier more joyous and everything that is making me uh you know feeling feel that that discomfort now is everything in the future that i just don't want to do but i know i need to and i, right. I yeah, if we could listen to that voice a little bit and, and just kind of look at more as a signal, that would be more powerful. Absolutely. There's a whole study by Earl Nightingale where they took 25-year-olds. I wonder if you're, you're probably aware of this, The Strangest Secret. They took 25-year-olds and studied them for 40 years. You know, so I'm, I don't know the number for argument's sake, let's say 100. You know, so it's a nice round number. So they studied these 25-year-olds till they were 65. And four percent of them so by 25 they're full of you know energy desire ambition and you know we're definitely going to have this amazing life because in inverted commas i deserve this nobody deserves this by the way um by by the age of 65 four percent of them had achieved the life that they wanted you know if you're talking about a different study uh 80 year olds they studied surveyed and studied 80 year olds what percentage, Adam, of 80-year-olds you typically lived the life that they wanted to to live without this huge litany of regrets versus the life that they wanted? What percentage would you would you say have have lived the life that they wanted to by the time they're 80? Wow. Based on what I've seen, I I I certainly could only guess at the at the exact percentage, but I know that it's well over 50%. <laughs> it has to be. Right. That that have lived or haven't lived the life they that, want that have have uh, have not lived the life that they had wanted so yeah that, i think the number of people that have is is very low the number of people that have you're absolutely right the number of people that have is incredibly low adam two percent of people two percent wow. so the study from 25 to 65 four percent had, had achieved it two percent of people achieve the life they want to live the life they want to lead um by the time they're 80 years old which is why things like the sign that i alluded to you know how to be successful things like working on your mindset things like looking things like listening to this podcast you know uh, flow of fear is so important because a lot of what holds us back is the inaction you know the reaction you know after after the fear typically we have a reaction and that reaction tends to be inaction 
you know so once you can overcome that as normal once you can redefine what fear means you know something amazing is about to happen you know obviously typically um then you can step into um the, the life that you want and a lot of the that two percent and that four percent exactly what you just mentioned adam it's it's typically i didn't get to do this i didn't I guess, date the person I wanted to date. I didn't go for that job. I didn't go for that role. I didn't go for my mission. I didn't learn the language I wanted to learn, so to speak. I didn't become a ballerina or a pianist or a uh, different things that are in the back of our mind. And we always say, oh, I will, um, I'll do it someday. The reason I just mentioned the ballerina is because um, when I, again, just finished my first degree when I was 20, I was really fascinated by, and I say this in inverted commas, and please bear in mind, I was 20 at the time. I was really fascinated by really, really, really old people. And to me at the time, that meant someone who was like 60. And I had the opportunity to be around a lot of, and again, I'm not, you know, please, in the context of what I'm saying. So I had the opportunity to be around a lot of 60, like older people when I was 20. And I would always ask them, if you could do anything differently, what would it be? And I just remember this one lady where she said, I would have been a ballerina. And I said, why didn't you? And then she just told the whole story that it was always in her mind too. And there were always all these reasons why she couldn't. Maybe she wasn't good enough. She had other people in her life that told her that, oh, you're not a ballerina, you're just a, you know. And then she said she'd carried it with her like all through her life that, oh, I'll do it at some point. After this other significant period of my life has happened, then I'll do it. Oh, then I'll do it then. Then I'll do it then. Then I'll do it then. And it was such a, um, it was such a piece for her where it was still there that she hadn't, hadn't have done it. So again, Adam, this is a question for you. If if someone is able to is to step into that lane of flow and leave that lane of fear, what type of life will they have? Would you say? I mean, they would. They if if they could if they could leave their that lane of fear and li- get into the lane of flow. I mean, they would live an amazing life. I mean, it, it's just it's such a fulfilling and wonderful life. We only get this one. I feel like I mean the way you say it, it's just. It's this, it's this, uh, uh, you know, powerful certainty that comes from it. And, and I wonder, I mean, in addition, so what I'm hearing there is that I need to go pursue my dream of becoming a ballerina. That's what I'm hearing. But, uh, <laughs> that's what you're hearing. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about the lane of fear and the lane of flow. Right. Now, the, the lane of fear is more exciting. The lane of flow is more exciting. That the, um, the lane of fear is just one lane you know zero one fear not fear it's just that one lane the lane of flow is more exciting because there are multiple lanes we're not saying and again i was hesitant to to start talking about you know reading thousands of books or, or you know which uh, you know or a thousand books which i have at this point and all these different things i i've done now part of my hesitation was that flow doesn't mean going to find unless you want it to mean that, going to find who's the best in the world and doing all this stuff. And it means what it means to you or my definition of flow. You know, so that flow lane, there are different lanes. There's the super, you know, highway, there's the lane in the middle, there's a lane on the end. And the beautiful thing about flow is just be in flow. It For the flow that fits your life, your world, the way you want to live your life. You know, flow might be a part-time thing where you're doing it a part of the time. You get to get to have that that joy because you're living, you're in who you who you want to be and who you are for part of your week, as it were, for part of your day. Flow might be actually I'm moving everything aside and fully going for my mission and I'm in full flow a hundred percent, a thousand percent. You know, flow might be somewhere in between. But that super highway of flow says you can choose the one that you want and you can be getting to be, you know, having that excitement, that exciting feeling of fear that comes up all the time. But then there's that fear highway where the other highway where you get to be scared of 92% of things that aren't going to happen anyway. And then you get to step into that, you know, um, I guess it would be 96% of people who by 65 still have all these unchecked boxes, so to speak, or by 80, 
they they haven't lived the the life that they want and again we, we i teach that living the life that you want so it's not someone else's prescription that you must do this or go learn a bunch of languages or or learn a bunch of dances you know walk on tiptoe right that's yeah. i guess you know what ballerinas do right <laughs> um it just means that the life and the lifestyle that you want the exact life and the lifestyle that you want it's up to you you know you can curate the life that you wish to create, it's up to you. And then as long as you just step into, as long as you listen to a bunch of episodes of Adam's podcast, step into your flow and you can pick your lane, it's fine. You know, and then here's the thing, that's not to say, um, there's a phrase that says, um, stay in your lane. That's not to say that, oh, this is your level. That's to say, this is your level if that's the level that you pick. You know, if you metaphorically want to learn metaphorically one language more four languages more 50 languages more or beyond the capacity of a human being is unlimited your capacity is unlimited so you just now have to find out or put down what it is you want exactly what you want exactly the way you want it and then things like finding your why stepping into who you are stepping into your flow the services of mentors and coaches such as myself and adam um well finding finding other solutions is what i'm trying to say will certainly get you there and why because there's so much evidence of people doing um the the possible that perhaps at one stage um they thought wasn't as possible as as, as it is that's so it's so so true and and i i love that the way that you're describing that because you i have never heard the idea of flow and and fear being presented as as a highway in different lanes, but that's such a a great metaphor for that because we always have that capability to move into that lane, and it and, and a lot of times it takes it takes that that you know that that level of em, embracing courage and 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 moving from one lane to another. And I wonder, you know, when you when you speak of you know you're 20 years old and you're listening to um, you know elderly people at the time of, you know, who, who were, who were talking about what they wish they had done. Did, did that help guide your decision later to um, make the jump in your own life where you were, you know, in this six figure career, working those 16 hours, kind of, you know, bringing the cycle home uh, to, to make that leap into, you know, what your true passion was of serving others. And, you know, going off to work with Tony Robbins and going to embrace all of this, uh, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of of education. Is that, was that kind of the trigger for that? Or how did you take that leap? Thousand percent, thousand percent. I always remember that lady and just what she was saying about wanting to be that ballerina. And, and part of the reason I did those surveys, unofficial surveys, as it were, was to discover, I guess, what is the meaning of life? And what should we be doing with our life? And, you know, it, it definitely served as a platform because do you know how amazing it is? Like at one point I, I said to myself, huh, I wonder what it would be like to learn a language. And I had a, a few people say, it's not possible for you, etc. I don't want to go there too much, but it's not possible. You can't, all that great stuff. And... I learned a language and then I learned another one and I learned another one. If you look at um, different studies, they, they say that, um, is it between four and eight is the optimal time to learn a language. And then, and again, I'm speaking about languages, but I'm using this as a metaphor for mm. what your version of languages is that you want for, for your life. So they say between four and eight is the optimal time you know, probably true. As an adult, you can't because of this reason, that reason, and let's make a list of um, limiting beliefs. Adam, do you know how beautiful it is when I reach into my uh, corridor, hallway, right? I'm, see, I'm speaking to both sides of the Atlantic, right? Yeah. I reach into the corridor, I go into the hallway. And when I go there, I have four doors. The first door is a green door. The next one is a blue door. The next one is a red door. And the next one is a yellow door. And when I enter each one of those doors, the green door is, I, I don't consider any language to be my first language. I try and live them equally. When I open that green door, that's my English speaking door. And I can interact with different people from all walks of life. And guess why? Because it's, it's more or less my, 
my first language. I say more or less, I have a language before that. More or less my first language. And then, or, and or, I can open the blue door and, oh my gosh, if you talk about my definition of what makes me happy, what is my equivalent of winning the lotto or whatever, it's just speaking French. That's it. Speaking the French language. Yeah. I can open the blue door and speak Quebecois or regular French or, or French with slang if I'm speaking to someone who's cool, right? Or yeah. business French. Or I can go to the red door and speak in Espanol with a Hispano Hablante. And then we can, and we can start having that conversation about Spanish from Spain or Spanish from the, I think it's the 27 countries, correct me if I'm wrong, Spanish speakers listening to this that speak all different types of, of Spanish. And then, and then I start, and then they say, Oh, I'm speak a little bit uh, slower for you. And then I say to them, there's no need because we listen way faster than anyone could ever speak. So you can speak as fast as you want. And then guess what? I get to go to the yellow door and then and then speak in Portuguese and not just in Portuguese, in Brazilian Portuguese. Do you know how amazing that is? And it's it's not like a miracle. It is from a lot of preparation and showing up and there's a whole big story behind that. But but the the great the um the point I'm trying to make is the on the other side, so you've got fear. Do you remember that, you know, highway, it's kind of a slip road at this point, but then you've got that highway where you step into flow and then the flow, it opens up all these different worlds for you. For me, it's that corridor. Like I literally, um, there are seven days in the week. I have one official day where I speak English and it's not today, by the way, (laughs) but I have one official day where I speak English. That's it. So let's say, Adam, you send me a note or a text or something. Any notes I write to myself are in English if it's a Monday, right? Um, on a Tuesday, uh, it's French is my language I speak. Or if I write anything, it's in French. Wednesday, Spanish, you know where this is going. Thursday, Portuguese. And then it's not till Friday again, French, uh, Saturday, Spanish, Sunday, Portuguese. And my mindset is that none of these are my native tongue. They're all my native tongue, right? And And again, if there's that, it could be as simple as you want to play the uh, guitar or something, or you want you have a purpose and the, your tribe that you want to serve on your level, or you, there's something that you know for a fact that you've got it in you to do, and there's imposter syndrome, or I'm just a I'm just a fill in the blank, right? That says you can't, or all these other reasons that you can't. This is what lays on the other side of of the flow superhighway, yeah. you know. The, the ability to step into your version of your whole way and live in flow, you know? And then because you've stacked living in flow, the next time someone says, by the way, Joe Public or Jane Public, by the way, it's better, this isn't for you. You know better because you have evidence of stepping through the fear. Imagine the fear of going to speak a, a whole nother language. You've got gotten to flow gotten to and again this is a metaphor for what you want like getting into what it is that you want you have previous i already achieved that i already uh, moved to that place that i wanted to move to i already achieved that great you know love life uh, or or i guess relationship that i wanted i achieved that level of income that i wanted you know um i achieved instead of working 60 70 80 hours a week successful i achieved or really successful, I achieved 20 hours a week and I get to holiday four times a, a year if I want to. I get to, you know, travel or whatever it is that's the life and the lifestyle that you want is what lives way on the other side of, of the of the beautiful game that is fear that shows up all the time. Ah, I love that. That is so, so good. Um, you are you are a master of metaphors of putting of putting the audience in a in a room in a in a scenario where they can imagine this and just that that is so inspiring to hear with regard to the to the, the corridors and that last way you put it um you know just this beautiful game of fear i always love to look at fear as a gift and it really is and i think you've demonstrated that today there's a number of different corridors or hallways that we can go down today but i i i know that we're you know, right, right at the hour here. And, and, um, and, 
And um, I would love to know how people can find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to work with you as a, as a coach, or if they want to learn learn your your secrets and, and all of that, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, just before I, I tell that, Adam, there's in French, my apologies, I had to put something in here, French, this this uh, this session. In French, right, they, um, they say, there's a there's a phrase for bon anniversaire or joyeux anniversaire, which is you know happy birthday, right? Right. But then they also some <laughs> also celebrate non anniversaire, so that way you get to celebrate every day because one day is your birthday, the rest of the days aren't your birthday. And just piggybacking off what you said about the gift of fear, imagine you have that one day a year, unless you're I remember the royal family have like two days or something. I don't know. You have that day a year when it's your birthday. Everyone's loving on you. It's your day. And you have other days like Christmas and the, whichever holiday you celebrate, which is similar. But then, and then you get all these gifts. But then you also get the non-anniversaire, the not your birthdays, which we can switch out to the days when fear shows up. That beautiful gift of... I have to step out on stage, so to speak, or have to go and that's the number one fear of the human being, right? Being oh, speaking yeah. in public. Or I have to perform in some way. Or I have to I have to go for my goal finally. And then that fear shows up. It's your non-anniversaire. You know, it's that gift that's not on your birthday. It gets to happen every single day, multiple times. What a beautiful gift. What an aliveness that you're having. If you're experiencing fear, because if you're experiencing fear and you're ready to step into it, the next thing that's going to happen, and if you don't believe me, ask Adam Hill, the next thing that's going to happen is that flow happens next. If you, um, I teach that, you know, you can create the life and the lifestyle that you'd want to create. You can, you can create, you can curate the life and lifestyle that you want to create. Um, It's up to you. And the way that I teach it is two ways. One is by the impact that you can have. And the second is by fulfillment. A lot of times, you know, finances hold people back from the life and the lifestyle that they want. So the way that we teach impact is adding value out there in this world. And the more value that you add and do it at the level of being an expert and specifically adding value via having your own online business. And you can do that via one of two ways. Well, there are lots of ways, but two ways that we teach are one is that perhaps you love your nine to five, so to speak, mm-hmm. and but you want some more financial options. You can give yourself the option to have that side hustle of an online business that brings in the extra six figures for your family. Or you can go all in, perhaps you have your tribe that you want to serve, your bigger mission and vision that you have for the people that you want to serve. Go all in with your online business, aim for that, you know, mid six figures or beyond seven figures, whichever one. So we teach, that's what we teach in terms of impact. So we teach you all the steps. I've been in, you know, the online game for well over, online business game for well over 12 years. We teach you that. The other part is is this, because once you have, you know, a success, the fulfillment part is huge. It's definitely needed. And oftentimes people discover that when they get to the end of the success, like, woohoo, I'm so successful, but everything around me is, you know, um, uh, just not, not in the way that it should be. So we teach fulfillment via personal development um, coaching. So I do have a strategy call, strategy session. Just go to mosalami.com forward slash free call. And if you forget, just remember this mosalami.com forward slash free call. And um, so just go there, schedule a free call. Um, we'll do a strategy session. You'll get a ton of value on the actual session itself. And then you'll also get to know whether we're a good fit to work together. Um, uh, so that's it, mosalami.com forward slash free call. If you're wanting to know more about me in general, go to mosalami.com forward slash blog. And there are a bunch of different bits and bobs on there. Um that tell you a little bit more about what I do. So that's that's what what it is. I would say. Thank you so much for sharing all of that because, I mean, you are you Mo are truly a guy that that not only has all of this knowledge, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of training and education, working with the best in the world like Tony Robbins, and not only that, generating value for 
millions of dollars of value for Tony Robbins and uh, tens of thousands of hours of experience working with with people and businesses to to m- create millions of dollars of revenue. You you also talk the talk. You've done this in your own life. You've 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 put these practices to work, and that's where you can get the most powerful mentorship and coaching. And it's been such a thrill to have you on the show and for you to share some of that knowledge with us today. And we've only scratched the surface. And I really hope that um, people who are listening, who could use this kind of help in their in their own lives or in their own business, or they're feeling that overwhelm, or they want to turn that fear into flow uh, in their own lives, and they want that impact and fulfillment, which are the two greatest things that we can have in the world. Reach out to Mo. Um, that's mosalami.com slash free call again. And you can learn more about him on his blog. Thank you so much, Mo, for joining us today. I'm so grateful for spending this time with you. I learned a lot and I know our audience did too. Thank you so much for being here. Adam, thank you so much for the invitation. And I just want to say about yourself as well that I know that when I'm listening to the uh, Flow of a Fear podcast, there's always like a, a minimum level of greatness in every single episode. Really enjoyed. And as you know, I've listened to, I've, I've, met, I've mentioned to you a few times, listen to lots of episodes, keep doing what you're doing. And you're such a great testament to, to showing up, you know, so keep doing the great things you're doing. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you for what you do for sure. Thank you, Mo. And uh, I really appreciate the kind words. And to everyone out there, I appreciate you being here. Please, please share this episode, subscribe and and rate it. And, uh, and yeah, share it with your friends because they can get a lot from this as well. Thanks again, Mo. And to everyone else out there, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.